This week on the Sports Angle Recure Podcast, Mike and Rob discuss the end of the NCAA tournament and say goodbye to an NFL great. The boys also touch on the opening of the MLB season, where they talk about an already the first no-hitter of the year, talk Mets and Yankees and the rest of the league, and also discuss the very dumb extra innings rule implemented this year by Major League Baseball. So we hope you join us this week on the Sports Angle Recure Podcast. What's up, Mike? Hey, Rob. What's up, man? How's things going? Things are going pretty good, my friend. How about you? I can't complain. Beautiful day today. Um, I enjoyed some of the weather on my lunch break uh, all around. Good Tuesday. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I did as well. Uh, you know, uh, the benefits, I guess, of having a a dog, especially a puppy, is that, you know, you get to experience all the elements of the world, the snow, the rain, the wind, the sunshine. So it was nice to get out there today. Nice, man. Nice, man. I'm sure the dog really appreciates it, too. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So the last time we spoke, uh, we talked about the final four. And it is now complete. The Baylor Bears are champions. And I guess both of us were not shocked, but definitely impressed. What's your take? Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I thought it was the best game probably anyone played all year, considering Gonzaga really wasn't tested until the final four. But, um, Yep. Yeah, total domination by Baylor. Um, the game that marks a champion for me. Um, that's the game that that shows the real true mark of a champion. They were able to take down the best team in the league all year. So, um, yeah, surprised but impressed for sure. Yeah, when you look when you look at the game, you know, actually all the games the weekend and Monday, you know. You know, UCLA went toe-to-toe with Gonzaga, and Baylor demolished Houston. Houston didn't even stand a chance. And then, you're, and then you're thinking, like, all right, this is going to be a really good national championship game with Baylor and Gonzaga going head-to-head. And Baylor was like, nah, like that, like that, the Kemi Mutombo commercial, not today. No. Not. <laughs> Yeah, they they, uh, had, they had a couple of those moments too <laughs> during the game, um, just yep. <laughs> suffocating on defense. Uh, Gonzaga oh, couldn't get going. Yeah, pure suffocation, man. Um, they they were so tight defensively. It's like you, you know, if you, you couldn't, you, if you made a mistake, you were going to pay for it. They were running up and down the floor. Yeah, and uh, some of Gonzaga's best players, you know, Suggs, he didn't get started until later on. He was he really got better in the second half, but by then the game was out of reach and they were never able to recover. Yeah, um, I was really surprised at what Baylor did against Houston. I thought Houston would have put up more of a fight. Um, I forget the kid's name, but they really Houston only had one guy doing all the offense, especially in the first half. Um, and man, Baylor just. You know, it's not that they didn't look dominant prior to these two games, but boy, did they look dominant these last two games um, in taking yeah, the title. Right. Even even the bench players were coming in and contributing for Baylor. I mean, and that and then 
like that's key. Like you have all of your guys in the rotation coming in and just being an impact on the court. Yeah, they they were clicking. Um, like I, I mean, like you said, these are the best two teams all year. Um, yep. And you know, you expected a little bit of a better game. It was slightly disappointing in that aspect, but uh, kind of cool to see such a dominant performance. Yeah, I, I I think it's it's really cool. You know, I mean. It's so hard going undefeated, and then you're like, all right, what's going to be the game? When is that game going to come where it's it's not all working for us, we're going to face adversity, and we're going to have to overcome it at some point? And then they were tested against UCLA. And I remember Grant Hill saying it on the broadcast. It's like, it looks like they never fully recover from that game because they went into overtime, it was emotional, yep. your emotions are high, and then you know, then you have like a day off, and then you have to reset and then play Monday night. And um, Baylor was the better team. Oh, yeah. All around without question. Uh, left no doubt. There was no like last-minute call that could have gone either way or a foul that should have not have been called. It was clear who was the champion from the beginning to the end. Without a doubt. So uh, we have finally completed uh, March Madness. Uh, so that is now over. As as fast as it comes, it's always uh, fast as fast out as well. So um, Baylor, yep, Baylor's the champions, and now we have uh, baseball season, Mike. So what's your what's your take so far on what you've seen in the early uh i got guess two weeks of the baseball season um some surprising things um especially being a yankees fan i don't like looking up at seeing boston who just won their seventh straight game today um that kind of that kind of sucks um but you know you've had some you've had some surprises like that you've had the reds who started the season as an offensive juggernaut i mean they were scoring 10 plus game, uh, runs like three out of the four games that I noticed last week. Um, yeah. So you had some surprises. You had some not some surprises. You're looking at the Dodgers have only lost two games. Uh, Padres have are on a four game winning streak. So they're, you know, one of the better teams so far. I mean, it's early, but you know, you see some surprises and you see some um, not so surprises, I guess you could say. Yeah, I agree. You know, when you look at like uh, as we previewed and, um, before, I mean, like we talked about, you know, the, the Padres are – they reloaded and they're looking to go head-to-head uh, -head with the champs. They're going to fight all year long. Um, yeah, the, the Reds um, – I'm impressed by the Reds. I mean, I, I know that their rotation has always been pretty solid. But now, like, the offense looks like it's coming together a little bit. I mean, yeah, they're like – now they're going on a tear, like scoring all those runs. And I don't know, like, I have trust issues. I mean, it's early and we can always overreact. Sometimes I'm an overreactor myself, I'll admit it, when it comes to baseball. But I don't trust the Cubs and the Brewers right now. I mean, I feel like the Cardinals are, like, always pretty solid. But if you look at the NL Central, like, the Reds are, are – they have the ability to make some noise and also separate themselves if they can. Yeah, I agree. And and that seems to be a division 
over the last 10 years or so, which isn't really dominated by one team. You know, the Brewers have won a couple of division titles. You, like you said, the Cardinals, they're always there. Um, Great point. The Cubs, you know, they had their run. I think they won like two straight when they during the World Series run. Um, and the Pirates, I mean, they're not going to be too competitive this year, I don't think. But they were competitive the last um, – before – well – I would say a good five-year stretch where they were really competing. So, uh, yeah, anyone could take that division. Um, you know, the Cardinals, obviously, they got the big uh, acquisition this year. Um, yeah, Al Renato. Yeah, so, I mean, that was huge. But I'm with you, man. This is a wide-open uh, division. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, if you look at – I mean – I'm sorry, Mike, but I mean, I got to bring them up. But but the Astros, man, I mean, like, it's the team that won't go away. Just won't. I hate them. They just, they just won't go away. I mean, you know, so Gr- Gr- Grinky's like the guy now. So Gr- Zach Grinky's always been a good pitcher. So he's the ace on this um, fairly young rotation behind him. And, you know, the same key guys are there. You know, Springer's now with, with Toronto. Obviously, he's not playing because he's injured. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you still have Correa. There's Altuve and – Gary you know, is uh, still there. Gary, Gary, Gary still there. Yeah. You know, so they're like – they have a pretty uh, solid offense, you know, when you, when you look at them. But, like, that's another division. I know, like, I talked about the Angels – um, before and like I, I still trust the Angels. Like I want to see them excel in the NL West, in the AL West. I'm sorry, um, but I'm just like waiting for like the Astros to be like to to plummet. But they just like they just won't disappear. And uh, you know, I know you as a Yankee fan and and me as a as a baseball fan, you're just like, oh man, they're like the they're definitely the villain of the Major League Baseball. I, I totally agree with you. And I, I feel like um, it just, yeah, it, being a, a fan of any team, it kind of stings when you, you know, that it did sting a lot. Um, the Astros and that cheating scandal just really did not sit right with me and a lot of baseball fans, like you've mentioned. And um, you're right. You kind of like, you do want to see them go away, but in a way I kind of like that they're good. So I can keep hating on them. Cause if they're just bad, then it's just, it's, Kind of takes the fun out of it in a way. Uh, yeah, you're right. I agree with you. But 100%. Man, it's tough, dude. It's tough to see them still be able to compete, even though they don't have, you know, Verlander and, and Cole anymore. But they're still right there. It's, it's, it's impressive, too. As long as they're not cheating still. But I, I don't think that's happening anymore. Yeah, I mean, me too. I don't think it's happening either. But I mean, it, it's like a lot, like a lot, like I said, a lot of the same guys are still there. So they still have like that chemistry. But Very true. they're uh, they're gonna be yeah, you, Mike. But you're right though. Like you kind of want to see them play well because then that's when you want to root against them. Absolutely. When they're when they're kind of like you know on the crapper and, and you know they're they're on a, a losing streak. You're like yeah, well you know you deserve it. Screw you. But, yeah, it takes the fun out of it a little bit. Exactly, but you know. Uh, I mean, they are what they are, and I mean, like they're they're going to be there, they're going to be there, and you know, it. I and again with the trust issues, like I don't know if I trust Oakland. I don't know why I have a hard time like trusting the Oakland A's. Um, and I said I'm, I'm like rooting for the Angels to play well. Like I don't know what the Mariners are going to be. It's still way too early for that team. 
way, way, way too early for the Niners. I, and, they just um, lost James Paxton for the year. I was just reading about too. Oh, God. Well, that's breaking news. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's, so, just, that's a big loss for them right there. So, yeah, I feel like the, with with Big Maple, he's just been injury prone the last like three or four seasons. So, yeah. It's it sucks, and I'm sure he's he, I'm sure he's not happy about it. He's definitely not happy about it. He wants to go and compete. He's playing for the for the Mariners again. You know they're looking to do something, but oh man, that sucks. Yeah, tough right now. I, the Mariners actually, I think they hold the longest drought right now for playoff appearances in the in the, in the big leagues, and I don't think that's going to be ending anytime soon. They got a young team, you know, Kyle Seager's still there, but outside of him, they don't really have a lot of firepower um, right now. Yeah, they're extremely young, a lot of young players. Um, yeah, you know, when you, when you look around, like, the, you know, the rest of the majors, you know, it, it like, like, it, it, like, again, I said, it's overreacting, but, you know, the, the twins, you know, when you look at them on paper, their offense, they're like, like, damn, this, this team could, could do some damage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel like everybody in, in that division is kind of like around like the same record. They're all kind of like beating up on each other. And, you know, uh, you know, like with the Indians and the White Sox and, you know, even, even the, you know, the Royals are, going to be a little like a pesky team you know they always get up for the division games and then you look at you know in the al east with tampa you know tampa's good mike i mean they're real good they're they're good they're still good you know i know they lost snell but they're so good like glassnell struck out 14 batters he went eight innings so you didn't have to like tax your bullpen at all so that that saves that saves you as a club and it, it's it's gonna. It, I mean, we're just getting started. It's a it's a marathon of a season because thank God we're gonna get a full season of baseball because the sprint that was last year was too much of a tease for me as a fan. Um, I feel like it came and it went. It was just like, oh, it's here, and then it's gone. It's the playoffs, and then all right, here's the Dodgers like holding up the trophy. And uh, I'm I'm just happy that it's gonna be a full 162 games. Yeah, because I mean, not to take anything away from the Dodgers last year or any or anything like that. They they clearly were the best team in the league. Um, I think that would have been the case even if we played a full season. But you do kind of feel like, well, you know, is is that enough of a sample size to say you know that they were the best team all year? But um, this year, I mean, now this is a, a chance for them to prove themselves without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I still think they're a great team. It's it's just a a point I'm trying to make, but um. Yeah, man, it's just it's great to have baseball back for a full year, um, and I'm excited. It's it's still early to tell, so these records aren't going to stand, obviously. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's go for it. Let's do it. So, Mike, I, I gotta ask you. I know we kind of talked about it um, off air. If you want to say, uh, what do you feel about the extra innings rule 
with the runner on second base. I want to. I want to hear your thoughts about it. Well, talk, talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah, I, I got a lot to say about this. Um, I, I, first off, I want to just say I'm not one of these people that are like, oh, you got to keep baseball what it what it is and what it always was. It's this and no nothing else. You know, there there should be some changes made to speed up the game. I'm all for it. Um, I like that players now show a little bit of more emotion. You get more bat flips. You get more attitude with the game. I love that. But this this extra inning rule, Rob, it, it, it's it's killing me. It's just it doesn't like, to put a runner on second in scoring position. It's 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 lunacy. It's it's insane. I can't believe that this is even a rule. Like I understand in the short season, but what the heck are they thinking in this in this to bring it back this year? I, I don't know. What do you, I know you have strong feelings about it. What do you, what do you think about this mess? You know, for for me, you know, I'm I'm a little old school. Like I I just you got, you gotta let them earn it. You gotta let them and the and the run that's on the base. That's on second base. Let's let's say the the pitcher that's pitching the tenth. We'll just say for this sake scenario. Let's say this pitcher falls apart, walks the next batter, gives up a double. So that runner on second base goes unearned. That means that this pitcher didn't put that player on the base. The MLB is basically giving them the runner. Yep. And it's it doesn't it doesn't go as an earned run so you didn't even earn it so you're now now i okay mike it just i'm going to say this because this is how i'm feeling right now currently because i just watched it with the mets i just saw it with the mets in the first game and i'm going to get to that later but it's almost like a disadvantage to the home team like the home team's not guaranteed to get that runner home? Yeah. Hell no. There's no way. I so agree. now you're basically giving it a disadvantage to the home team. So let's say, figuratively, figuratively speaking, let's say on the top of the tenth, four runs come home. That's that's a big freaking hole. Even if the runner is on second base with no outs, that's a big hole because you know, Mike, in baseball. Sometimes if, if, the, if the players aren't swinging for homers, sometimes it's hard. This is how it, baseball is right now, that it's hard to get runners home if it's not on the, on the big play. Sure. But, but for me, it, it, you know, it, it, sometimes you, 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 you miss those, like, uh, those long inning games where they're in the 12th or the 13th, and you're like, oh, man, like this is – this game is uh, it's anybody's game now. You know they're they're into the they're in deep into the bullpen, but like I don't know if they're trying to re- protect the players or or what the real thing is. But it, like last year, it fit. It was a short season. You know there had to be some exceptions, but this year it it doesn't really fit. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Last year, you know, I, I, listen, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm I don't like to be one of these fans that is just like totally against everything. And, it, but it's just like, this is, uh, we're back to normal here. We, we, you know, we cut the amount of play, uh, teams in the playoffs, um, which is perfect. I think we're back to a good number now. Like, like you said, it's all about earning it. And I, how many unearned runs are we going to have now throughout the season? You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't, it really is frustrating to watch. And, uh, 
you, you know, you got a guy, some guys, um, you know, being in the bullpen, you're used to coming in with a guy on base, but I mean, to have a guy just be on, be on second, especially second, I could see it first. Uh, even then, I'm not crazy about the whole idea. I know it's second base. It's, it's like, like they, yeah. they got a free pass already. Yeah, that's a runner in scoring position. Once you're in scoring position, it puts immense pressure on the defense, on the pitcher, on the catcher for a pass ball. It's so stupid. Uh, I don't know what the. That's one thing I'm. I can't get behind on here. So here, here's what I'm just gonna say uh, briefly. Um, so in today's Mets game against the Phillies. It was tied 2-2 in a seven-inning doubleheader, which, I okay, Mike, you could disagree or agree with me here, but I do like the seventh-inning doubleheader because it's like they're both games are short, and that's how it should be. You don't want to really, like, stretch out those, like, long games for a doubleheader. Like, I kind of do like the seven-inning um, doubleheaders, just to put that out there. I'm a, yeah I'm a, I'm definitely I'm okay with them they're they're not they're not terrible like they're not it, it makes sense the other thing right. is no sense right so now here's a scenario that happened today live so the Phillies ended up getting the runner from the unearned run from second base home going three two into the bottom of the seventh inning okay now. I'm a, I'm a Mets fan, so obviously I'm hoping that they do something in the bottom of the seventh. But like I said before, is that to me, it's almost like a disadvantage to the home team because that run on second base is not guaranteed to come home. Sure. Because anything could happen in baseball. Sure. So now the Mets ended up scoring two runs to win the game in the bottom of the seventh, or it might have been the eighth. One one of the innings, um. So I mean, I'm ecstatic that they won. Hooray! That's awesome. But still, like it could be anybody. But it's it's not always going to be guaranteed that the home team is going to get the run in to win the game, especially two runs. Yeah. You know, like I said, if there's if the the if the top of the inning, if the the away team scores four, that means the home team has to score five to win the game like it's just crazy yeah i i just i don't like it at all um and i guess that's just gonna be the new way they do things from here on out like it seems like they're gonna keep moving on even though i I mean any baseball fan i talk to doesn't like it um and like i said there are things you can do to speed up the game you know it can make it uh you know, attract some young fans here too. But uh, like, that would be like I'm trying. I can't even think of how you can compare it to other sports. But it would kind of be like in every overtime. No, not even. I, yeah, I, yeah. You, you can't. You really can't. You it's, can't compare it to anybody else. It's just absurd. Like in in hockey, they in in the playoffs especially they go to sudden death. Mm-hmm. You know, there's. Uh, you know, they just keep they keep playing overtime until you know some team eventually scores. Um, but yeah, it's just I mean, it's just going to be it. I mean, they, they should have just had the freaking DH then in the National League this year too. 
That, I mean, th- yeah, don't even don't even get me started on that one. Like, what are we doing here? To, what are what are we proving by having the pitchers hit? Like, come on, it proves not, it, there's nothing to prove. Exactly. Nothing. Like, come it, on. It, this the starting pitcher now is not what it once was. I mean, listen, there's a lot of good starting pitchers in in Major League Baseball. Absolutely. But in the National League, they they just they don't. Like they they saw it last year. The DH worked last year in the National League. Then you could have like a Nelson Cruz go to the like play for the Cubs or whoever. You can have those or Giancarlo Stanton or um, anybody. I mean, you could. I mean, that's another bat. You know, you could build your bench and then you know have a a solid guy as your DH. I mean, you know, oh, it's just crazy. I I mean, now they're saying twenty twenty two. They're going to put that in effect um, with with the DH. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, that's just it's just crazy talk. I mean, they, they should have just did it this year. I, I don't know why they didn't. I, when they had it, they had it last year. I know. And, and if and if they do kind of care about you know making sure the players safety for by trying to shorten games with this extra inning rule, how about let's protect our pitchers? Most of these guys know that they're going to pitch from a young age, from high school, and they don't. They don't focus on hitting, uh, you know, most of their young teenage and early 20s. Like, what are we doing? Like, of course, they're going to, one, be automatic outs, and two, not be skilled enough to hit and, and potentially hurt themselves. Um, I know this is kind of from a personal experience with the Yankees, but Ching Ming Wong, a great pitcher for us for a few years, all of a sudden got hurt running the bases because he had a hit in the National League, and he never was the same again. Like, what are we doing? Risking, yeah, guys. Yeah, especially the contracts that these guys are getting paid. Like, you don't want to have your ace, or even like your 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 second your second guy in the rotation to go out there and or get hit by a pitch. I mean, it, it, by you know, yeah. by a mistake. Didn't you know, think of that. Could hit their their elbow, or I mean, whatever, or or get hurt swinging the bat. You know, uh, yeah. Like it, it's just it doesn't need it. You know, for what the season is like, you know, we're, this year we're getting like 162 games. You know, hopefully, the the pitcher doesn't need to bat anymore in the National League. It it's over. It's 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 about the DH now. It, it'll be better for baseball, I think, 100. percent Yep. You 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 uh, you open up more jobs for guys because you know some guys either due to injury or just due to uh, not being a good fielder. Like you're giving those guys a chance to play, and as a National League team, you're missing. Say you really like Nelson Cruz and you want to sign him this year, or any of these guys that are more DHs. But I, we're the Mets. We can't sign them because we have to have our our pitcher hit. Like, yep, you know exactly. Yep. So we do. We don't have a position. We don't have anywhere to put them because our pitcher has to bat ninth, and usually an automatic out too. It's just, uh, it's, it's frustrating. Um, you know, I still, I'm still on board with most of the things baseball has done, but those two things are head scratching. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you know, like. I mean, Mike, we go way back to like the 90s, you know, because, you know, both of us are, you know, around our age. But, you know, back then compared to now, you know, it, it is all about starting pitching. It's like the NFL with the quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's all about the quarterback. Like Absolutely. if you have a if you have a great quarterback or or, or a really good quarterback, you know you're going to be a good team. It's all about the rotation. It's all about those starting those starting guys. Yep. Like those guys are your team. Like you build around your. I mean, look at what the Mets have done for forever. Look at the Dodgers. Now the Padres are getting involved. The Yankees. Yeah. Like they build around their starting pitching. They know it's it's good. So like they don't see it as a weakness. But then they're gonna and the National League. You know uh, you're gonna have these guys go bat. You know every fifth day when they play and, and some some pitchers get hit. But I mean it. Most of the time it's an out or a sack bunt. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. So they're not totally—I don't want to say useless, but um, they do get the uh, sack bun here and there. But you're right. I mean, look at the teams that have won the, the past few years. Dodgers last year, great rotation. Um, the uh, the evil Astros had a great rotation the last time they won. I mean, yeah, the, even the the Red Sox, you know. Yeah, you can't be putting your your pitchers and some of these guys are the superstars of the league. I mean, you can't be putting these guys in bad positions like this. It's just no good. Yeah, like I could name you like ten pitchers right now that are definitely either the best player or like the best players on their team. Yeah, I could I could probably name ten, maybe even more than ten. But I mean, this is kind of what we're we're facing. So I I hope that you know, next year comes around and they decide that, okay, universal DH. And then I'm going to be, I'm going to be cheering. Cause then I know for the Mets that actually gives like Dom Smith or Pete Alonso a, a place in the lineup where you don't have like a, a weakness in the outfield or, or wherever. Absolutely. It gives guys a day off too, kind of, you know, have a day oh, off. Great point. Yeah. Even it gives a guy a day off. Like, you know, I, Hey, uh, you know, whoever you know, freaking uh, Machado, take the take take the day off. We're good. You know, we don't we don't need you to bat today. We'll put somebody else at third base. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, we'll just have you DH. You know, you come up. You know, you get three at bats. You know, run the bases if you get on, and that's it. But you don't have to play the field today. Perfect. And, and you can rotate it. Even if you don't have a guy that's a specific DH, you can rotate like. If you have a fourth outfielder or something, you can just rotate guys around so that they all get like a day off each week from the field. I mean, it's just it's it's perfect. Yeah, that's what a lot of the National League teams did last year. They all had a like a rotation. Like, oh, uh, the right fielder was um, the DH today, and then so you know they always like kind of like switched it up. Yep, you see the Yankees do it a lot with um, Stanton and Judge and and the outfielders they have, you know. And I think it's perfect. I, I you know, I, I, it, I can't believe it's been. I think it was late seventies. I can't remember the exact year, but it's been like forty years, and we've had two different rules for for um, both leagues. And I, that's another thing that's mind boggling. Like, imagine like the um, the um, NFC having just another position. In, in place of like another uh, the quarterback or something like you know what I mean like it's just, yeah, yeah exactly yeah like I don't know you can't have one league do something and not the other that's another thing that bothers me um you know it's minor compared to the other things but just add it to the list of of why this rule sucks and why they need to get this permanent DH in here 
Yeah, they they do. They need to change it ASAP. And I, and then, and then maybe as a fan, I'll forget about the freaking runner on second base and extra innings. Oh yeah, yeah, we can't we can't expect too much here. We can only do one thing at a time here, Rob. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Mike, I, I if it's okay with you, I just want to go on a little. I have to vent for a second here. Ah, by all means, man. Uh, all right. So I I just want to say. Um, and obviously this comes from being a, a, a Mets fan because it comes with a lot of frustration. Mm-hmm. So I love that they got a new owner. It's awesome. Will Ponds are gone. Big. That's big. Huge. Um, they had like the GM like scandal, like they replaced him now. So hooray. They figured it out, I guess. And I do like Rojas as a manager. Um, I feel like last year, you know, with the 60-game season, you know, this is a weird – it was a weird year. I mean, this year it would be different. You know, and on paper, you know, the, the team looks pretty solid. Um, but I just, I just hate when, like, the owners or, like, the GMs, like Brody Van Wagenen did it a couple years ago. It was like, oh, come and get us. Like, just, just – Steve Cohen was like, oh, we're going to make the playoffs this year. Just like, shut up. Just just don't say anything. Like, let the team play. Let them play. Give them a chance to friggin' play. Because, you know, injuries happen. Yep. Teams go on losing streaks. Teams go on winning streaks. They might go to Colorado and, like, blow the doors off of the Rockies and then come back and play the Nationals and then get blown the doors off against them, like, you know. It, it's just it's just how baseball is. It's a long friggin' season. But don't go putting it out there on the internet, and in, in and in when you're talking to reporters, about like, oh yeah, we're gonna make the playoffs this year. But it's like, don't say it, Steve. Just shut up. Don't say it. I did. I agree. I agree with you here. Um, just you're not a player, first of all. And if you want to say that to your players in a closed meeting, by all means, I would want to fucking run through a wall for an owner like that but you do that behind closed doors you don't go blabbing to the media about it absolutely i agree with you exactly like that frustrates me like i hate when when i hear like oh the events are going to make the playoffs this year they're going to go deep this year they're going to make the world series it's like shut up just don't stop saying it just let the season play out please yeah, especially your this is your first year as the owner um and you're making a good impression so far just keep doing that and don't 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 be saying stuff like this. Also, too, like Mr. Fortnite, like I don't know if you know who that is. You know who Mr. Fortnite is? Uh I I've heard of that before. I, I'm not too familiar though. All right, it's Trevor May. He's the relief a reliever for the Mets. Okay. I, I, know, I know it's I know it's early and it's overreacting, but I'm look it looks like I'm watching familiar out there. Like Walking guys, the ball's up. Strikes out like the side after getting like the bases loaded. I'm like, what? What the hell is happening here? Yeah, I'm looking at him at his stats now. He's having a rough start to the season. Yeah, it's it's problematic. <laughs> so, um, I mean, like, and then you know what? I was just about to say, like, thank God the Mets have the Grom, but they don't score runs for him. 
And and that's a problem f- for the Mets, I, isn't it? I feel like I hear that every year. Like the Grom never gets the um the run support he needs. Always the bullpen. Ah. Like the, the 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 bullpen will just implode, no matter who's been pitching for the Mets the last five to six years or more, mm. no matter who it is. But the bull the bullpen will always blow it, and. Uh, and I'm sure DeGrom's probably like, you know, he'll always put it on himself, which, you know, that's what DeGrom does. But it's like you're you're wasting these marvelous outings. I mean, the guy goes deep to, to maybe gives up like one run on like a – or no runs. 14 strikeouts, 10-plus strikeouts, no walks, and the bullpen. And then they don't score for him or the bullpen blows it. Yeah, it's, it's it's tough to watch. He's such a great pitcher. I mean, he's thirty two. I mean, how? Yeah, you don't want to keep wasting you know years and years off this guy's career. Um, he's here for the long run. Let's you know get the most out of him that you can. Yeah, I agree. And um, I just just last lastly, I just don't want to hear that it's going to be the Mets here because it's foolish. Uh, let, let the year play out, and then we could talk like late August and September, see what's going to happen. Yeah, especially if you're the owner. Like, come on, you don't want to uh, put that much pressure on your guys. So stupid, so friggin' stupid. Because, like I said, and I'm sure you would agree with me. Like, you can do that. You can say that to the team without telling the media that, and that would actually help the team. But now you're putting pressure on them because now the media knows about it. Oh, what do you think about um, uh, Steve Cohen saying you guys are going to make the playoffs this year? And like, all right, now I got to answer this question every damn time we lose or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's un- un- unnecessary pressure. I mean, like in 2019, Van Wagenen was like, yo, come and get us. We're the team to beat in the AL, uh, in the NL East. And um, they fell apart. And then they made a late run, and then they fell apart again. So, like, just don't say anything. Just, like, that's why, like, I don't like to talk smack because I have no right to talk smack. Why am I going to talk smack if – because it always backfires. Always. always backfires. Like, I saw – it was a highlight. It was like a – it was like Auburn playing against, like, Mississippi State or something like that. And one of the cornerbacks was like talking, talking smack to this receiver. The receiver didn't even say anything. Was just you know in the huddle, going to the his route and whatever, whatever side of the field. And the receiver burns him on a touchdown, and then gets in his face like, "Keep talking smack, bro. Go ahead, keep running your mouth." Because see what uh, happened. See what I just did. I've seen it that always, clip before. It, it always backfires. Yeah. You just want to just do your job, and then once your job's done and you've won, then you can do your little, you know, dancing and stuff, celebrating. Mm-hmm. But you're right, you know, it's – I noticed that too. Whenever I get too high up on the team or something and I start talking smack, I get <laughs> crushing straight back down. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, it happens all the time. You know, um, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, now – and I haven't I haven't checked the the Mets score at, at all. Um, 
and I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> actually. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's early. So, it, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to like overreact, but sometimes like I get into those, you know, those, uh, those thoughts where I'm like, oh man, like it's early, but like, I don't, I don't like the way this batter looks. Or I don't like the way that this pitcher looks. And, you know, it's just kind of, it, it, but it, it's early, you know, it's, it was freaking snowing in Minnesota today against the Red Sox. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it, that's, you know, like it's, it's early for baseball. You know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been crazy. And the Met, and the Mets kind of had a, a interesting beginning of the year, like the Nationals got COVID and, they had all the rainouts and like Stroman and, and look, they should have never started that freaking game. It was pouring, pouring rain. Yep. And then uh, they had they had that weird. Um, I actually, I know we talked. You were telling me about it a little bit. Um, off air, but um, you were saying how the the Mets went on a weird weird play, but you'll take it. So I, I you know, I watched the highlights after we talked and. Yeah, that was a wacky game. What, what do you think about that? Do you think that uh, I don't, I forget the player who it was, but you think he leaned yeah, it was in? Conforto. Conforto. You think he leaned in, or you, you think he could have moved more? It was very interesting. Mike, he leaned into the pitch. All right. I was, okay. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad at the guy, dude. You do what you win. You do, and it's not against the rules. The rules only say you have to try to get out of the way. It doesn't say you know. Um. But, but yeah, I just wanted at, to get your opinion on that one. In that at bat, the pitcher pitched him pitched him in majority of that at bat. So I think that he was probably thinking like, "Oh, it, it's coming in again. It, it it might hit me if I if I lean into it a little bit or I try to get, like, get out of the way." But the way the ball was running inside, I mean, it barely nicked him, honestly. And. uh the, the one thing I'm happy about that, though, that it didn't end the game. It would have went into extras and would have had this stupid freaking runner on second base. Who knows what happened then? Oh, my God. But, it didn't, but it, didn't, it didn't end the inning. So, I mean, I mean, guess it could, you know, who, who, I think Alonzo was up next. And, I mean, anything could happen with that guy at the plate. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, it, it was a weird freaking way to win it. And, actually, I was listening to that game on the radio, which is even weirder because I didn't see it. So it took me like a couple hours later when I was actually able to actually watch the video of the play. I'm like, wow, like that's, that's crazy. That's a crazy way to, uh, to, to win. And then, um, and the next game they play, they get shut out by a 23 year old. I never heard of him before. And the problem's on the mound. So, and then Diaz comes in, in a non-safe situation and, you know, has a party and then the Marlins score two runs. So, I mean, this is what it's been for the Mets. You know, I'm not trying to make this all about the Mets right now, but this is what it's been for the first couple of weeks of the season. It's It's been chaos. It's been a wacky. I, I've never seen that before. Uh, potentially, he was going to call. He was a thump was about to call it a strike three. And then he's like, oh, no, no, wait, wait. And he does the little, you know, taps his shoulder. It hit him. Game him. over, yeah. Mets win. Like, oh man, it's crazy, crazy. But no one, um, you know, don't can't take it away from uh, old Jeff McNeil, man. The guy went. That was a bomb he hit to to tie it to even set that whole thing up. I mean, oh yeah, that was the game changer. And the guy, he was like oh for nine start the season. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, what a way to come off the snide. Yeah, and he hits a home. He hits a homer, um, uh, a bomb to to tie the game, and then. You know, uh, 
like I said, if, even if Conforto was out, you know, Alonso comes to the plate. I mean, anything could happen. It could be a pass ball, wild pitch, a blooper. You could hit a grand slam. I mean, the bases were loaded. So, I mean, anything yeah. could happen. But, I mean, that's the way they won. You know, I'm, I'll take it. I mean, I would feel a little weird, though, if that was like, you know, if the game like really mattered, like a playoff game. Like, I don't know. Like, even if anybody was playing. I mean, you, and if that was like the game, you know, like that was like the, let's say game five in the ALDS, like that would be crazy. Yeah. You would hate, you would hate, kind of hate to see that. Um, I, and I wonder if they would call that, like if or he would just let that go in that situation. But um, it's, I'm yeah. glad you kind of glad that it happens early and not, you know, like you said, during playoff time. Yeah. But, Wacky, just a wacky, wacky game. Wacky, man. But I mean, I, I don't know. I'm kind of with you on the overreacting. Um, I, I mean, I hate to be like, because the Yankees are usually good. I, I hate to sound like one of those Yankee fans, but I don't like the way we're starting this year. And you do kind of tell yourself, you know, it, it is a long season. And, um, you know, just a 10 game stretch is nothing really but it's easy to, to freak out especially when you have such high expectations for the team oh definitely i mean you know i mean for the yankees you know you you have um like i mean like i said those 10 guys that i could name that are either the best player or one of the best players on the team Garrett Cole is that guy. Oh, I agree with you. I, I'm just worried that, um, you know, that there's no one to back him up there, Rob. That's what I worry about this year with the Yankees. And Mike, listen, um, I mean, I've talked about this with a, a few Yankee fans that I know. And, then, you know, I know we're, we really haven't, like, talked about it that much. But, you know, here we are talking about it. You have every right to be skeptical because – Corey Kluber is a veteran pitcher and was he's he's not a bad pitcher, but he's long in the tooth. He's a little bit of an older pitcher than he was when he was with the Indians. Yep. So injury, he's been injured too. Right. And I was actually excited that they didn't bring back Paxton or Hap because I feel like that's that was a good move. But now, you know, when you look at the rotation, besides like Kluber and, you know, Cole is Cole. But, you know, Montgomery is young. Herman is young. Like, when, when is Severino coming back? Do you know? Um, it looks, I think he's on the 60 day. So, I mean, I think I've heard, you know, sometime around the All Star break, maybe slightly after the All Star break. I mean, that That's would a- be a huge boost if he comes back full strength. Well, that's a long time from now, too, if you yeah, think about it. It's a very long time. I mean, I, I do like Montgomery, but, you know, he's a little inconsistent. Um, he goes out there sometimes, and he reminds me of a like a, almost like a younger Andy Pettit, but other times he's just kind of clueless. Yeah, and that's, that's, um, that's problematic when you're trying to compete with the Rays, and, you know, you know the Blue Jays, they are looking to compete in the AL. And the friggin' Red Sox with like Nathan Evaldi as the number one pitcher right now. Uh, they're playing really well. So, it, and then, you know, the Orioles are always a pain in the ass. So, 
it's uh it's it's tough you know you don't want to you know I, I i know how you feel man because this is exactly what a lot of teams go through but i'm saying like for our teams you know if it's if it's it's the grom and who else or garrett cole and who else like who's who's going to step up that's behind them yeah, I mean, it's tough because you, you want that number one guy, but you got to get at least a solid cast behind him that you can rely on. I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees made a move for a top-tier pitcher at the trade deadline this year. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't even take a look at Tanaka, uh, I, I like Tanaka. He's not the best pitcher, but he's solid. They, you know, he went back to Japan, and uh, it looks like the Yankees didn't even take a look at him. I'm so so thrown off by that. Like, I agree with you. Yeah, me too. You know, the hat, the hat, and um, Paxton. I, I'm okay with letting him go, but Tanaka has been your most reliable pitcher before Cole came here. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I was surprised by the the Tanaka not resigning. Um, honestly, like really surprised because he he said it himself that I'm going to go back to Japan if the Yankees don't bring me back, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he was dead serious. Like if the if I don't want to go anywhere else, I want to stay with the Yankees, and if they don't resign me, I'm going back to Japan to play, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and the Yankees lost. I feel like because he could have been a nice, you know, number two, three. Uh, I mean, I think a number two guy, but definitely a number three guy at the very least. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Tanaka's he's a good pitcher. Solid. So I know the 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 home the home fans there in Japan are going to love to have him back. Oh yeah, I think he actually went back to the team that he used to play for too. So that that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is very cool. So I wish him all the best. But yeah, man, I don't know. I feel like yeah, I guess you're right. The Yankees and the Mets—they both got the number one guy, and after that, you're kind of kind of skeptical. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, you know, with the Mets, like I I, I like Stroman. I feel like Stroman's definitely going to step up this year. Um, I uh, I know Taiwan Walker a little bit. I know he was with the with the Mariners for a little bit too, and he got traded to the Blue Jays last year. And, and he also, he also had Tommy John surgery like three years ago. And then Syndergaard's coming back from Tommy John surgery this year. Carlos Carrasco gets hurt, and then you have like two young lefties in the potentially the rotation too with David Peterson and Joey Lucchese. So it's a lot of question marks. You know, I could name like other other rotations that I know like the top four guys are like solid, like really solid. Like the Dodgers, solid. Yep. Um, you know, the Padres, Padres yeah. Solid. I mean, solid rotation. I mean, like, dude, like Joe Musgrove, we talked about this guy, but, you know, he was supposed to be – well, you know, Cole was with the Pittsburgh Pirates for a while and, and Musgrove um, – was in that rotation as well, but I feel like he wasn't like there yet, but look, I mean, Hey man, change the scenery. You go to a new team and you throw a no hitter, like in like your second start. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. First no hitter of the season. 
congratulations first, to first Joe. First for the Padres. First ever no-hitter for the Padres. That's amazing. So, so now every team has now had a no-hitter. They were the last. Yeah, 2021 was uh, the final of the year. And I feel like the Padres have been, been around for forever. Yeah, I think like, like the 60s or something like that. Yeah, I think it's when all the California teams start to started to pop up. I think it's when like the, the Giants and the Dodgers like left New York and, mm-hmm. and went out went out to the West Coast and and the A's. Uh, I don't remember when the A's went to Oakland, but I feel like it's maybe around like the same time, like the sixties or seventies. Yeah, I think they all. That's when they all started branching out. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to the Padres and congratulations to Musgrove. I mean. He's a. I find out he's actually from the San Diego area, so pitching for his hometown team essentially he pitches a no hitter. Awesome. Um, and he's a guy that you know. And when we were talking about the Padres and all the pitching moves they made, you you actually mentioned him to me and kind of got me to look into him more. And now the guy throws a damn no hitter. So yeah, he's a, he's a good pitcher, and and in that rotation, he he's not the he's not the guy. He was ended up being the guy in Pittsburgh because that's all they had. So yeah. you know, you got Snell and 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 Darvish, and, and you know Darvish looks pretty good to start the year. And then you have, um, you know, Chris Paddock. You know, he's a, a you know young and up and coming player, and 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 they have like a young, mixing with some veterans on their on their team. I told you about this kid Grisham. I mean, the kid's good. He's a good player. Yeah. I've been kind of looking at him now that you when you first mentioned him to me. Yeah, they're they're going to be a team to uh, to watch like throughout the throughout the season. And I gotta say, man, I don't know about you, but I I dig the unis a lot. Yeah, I like them. They're they're like a little um, kind of like uh, homage to like a throwback era. Yeah, it's like a modern day throwback kind of uniform. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of their the the the, the last ones they had. Um, when they first moved to Petco Park, they're like royal blue with like only white lettering. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan. No, that's no, 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 no. I wasn't a fan either. I mean, back in the nineties, used to have like some orange to them. They're like orange and like navy blue, like the. That's right. Yeah, actually, so, yeah. When the Yankees beat them in the World Series, yeah, I remember as a kid, their their unis are pretty cool. Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn was the man. Oh yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, great player. Um, yep. Yeah, that's why I kind of I'm hoping the Padres do something this year. Really. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. I mean, I feel like it's still kind of uh, too early to tell, but you know, here we are overreacting. But I mean, I do I do feel like it's going to be the Dodgers and the Padres. They're definitely going to be the the two teams. Um, in the West, I feel like so. One of those teams must most likely will be a wild card team. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I think it's a safe bet that they'll be two of the top teams in the in the NL. Um, even though, yeah, we are saying it's still early, but you, you kind of have an idea. You know, there's some surprises, but you kind of have a basic idea of who's going to be good and who's not. Yeah, exactly. So, Mike, before we go, um, some news broke broke today and um i know we, we both wanted to, to talk about it a little bit but julian edelman announced his retirement uh for the nfl and um just hats off to him um 
phenomenal career with New England. I know the last couple of years have been like a little banged up with injuries. But um, you can't say that this guy like played so hard all the time. You know, seventh round pick, always had a chip on his shoulder and and uh, played his ass off in every game. Without a doubt, you can never question the guy's heart. Um, I remember when I first noticed Julian Edelman, um, Wes Welker was still on the Patriots, and uh, the announcers kept calling him like mini Wes Welker or something, and I thought that was really interesting. And then um, when Welker got let go, I was like, wow, New England's stupid. Like, what are they doing? Like, he was their best receiver, and then Edelman just comes, well, uh, I'll take that, and just comes and takes that, you know, that slot guy um, spot, and 11 years later, he's he's a Hall of Famer, possibly. You know, he's got the Super Bowls. He's got the stats. He might be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. The, the guy always came up clutch in the playoffs, man. He's a gamer. Like, especially, like, the last, like, well, I know they, they didn't make the playoffs. Um, and they, they were one and done two years ago. But on the title runs, like, he always came up clutch. Like, do you remember that play against the Ravens where he threw the touchdown pass? He threw the touchdown pass. Yep. To Danny and Mandola. Yep. Like, that was – that's awesome. Like, they always had, like, these crazy trip plays. I mean, he was a punt returner. I mean, he, the guy did everything. He played on special teams. He was a punt returner. Yeah. That's how he started. Receiver. He was Tom's, like – even though he wasn't like the number one, like you don't look at him as like the number one receiver, but he was Tom Brady's number one receiver. Yeah, I mean, look at that 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 play against the Falcons in the Super Bowl during that comeback, and one of the best Super Bowl catches of all time, where he had to dive back and dive for the ball with three guys around him. I was watching yeah. that play today. I mean, that's a. I am in no way a Patriots fan. Um, I I actually don't like the Patriots, but you got to give the guy credit. That was a, a great play, and he's a great player. He's a gamer. Yeah, hell of a catch. I respect hell of a catch. I respect the guy that can play his ass off like that. So, congratulations yeah. to Mr. Julian Edelman. Um, we wish you all the best. Won't be surprised to see him in a broadcasting booth. Oh yeah, I would not be shocked at all if he you know linked up with fox or espn or even became like an analyst on one of the networks either i I would not be surprised whatsoever or even barstool he's actually he's pretty good friends with uh dave portnoy from what i understand Uh, portnoy mr pizza mr portnoy so maybe you might see him on barstool yeah yeah so uh you know we all wish you the best of luck julian edelman and big uh, your your next adventure, um, you know, post uh, NFL. Uh, Mike, uh, another episode in the books. Always great talking to you, talking sports with you. And uh, just a little preview. Next episode will be about the NFL draft. We're about two weeks away, so get ready. Woo! You know me, man. Big draft fan. Uh, I know you are as well. Can't wait. Um, this is a great episode. We really got to dive into the first, you know, couple weeks of baseball, man. And uh, here's to many more, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens next week. Um, next week when we cover the draft, and then uh, what happens for the draft. Yep, can't wait, Mike. Have a good night, everyone. Take care. You too, Rob. Good night, guys.